Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. You know, this is Legacy Sunday. We got visitors. We're going to eat. We're going to have a good time. And I really wanted to preach candy-coated popcorn, peanut, and a prize, but uh, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. So we're going to be a little serious today. And uh, won't be long, but we'll be serious. And so get your notes out and, and, uh, and tell the folks that are up, up there getting the meal ready, tell them they need to hear this sermon. Because this is who we are. We're Legacy Church. This is what we believe. We are believers. And you know what? We want more. Now, you know, how many people do you want more? How, much, how many kids do you want more? How, how much money do you need more? You know, well, I'm not about numbers, but numbers represent the kingdom of God. Numbers represent people who are saved. You know, I, I, I want to reach people. That's the mandate to go make disciples and not only just reach them, but disciple people. That's why we've got so many classes. You know, we'll, we'll do Bible classes all week long on Wednesday. we got on Sunday, Sunday night, Mondays. There's Bible classes, life groups, we call them. And, and really, it's just a Bible study where people can be discipled because you need to grow up. We need to grow up in Christ. It's not what we want. It's what He wants. And that is so hard because we've been doing what we want since we were two years old. True. And so let's start off with our foundation scripture. Everybody ready? Everybody got sermon notes? Ephesians 3.20. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It's on the screen up there if you don't have an Amplified Bible. But look what it says. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to His power that is at work within us. Amen. That's a great, that, that chapter 3 of Ephesians is a great prayer. And you need to go back and read it. But we're just going to look at Ephesians 3.20 as our foundation. And we're not going to read 21. It says, Now to Him who is able to carry out His purpose and do Super abundantly more that, uh, than all that we dare to ask or think. How I many you know there's some things that people won't even ask God for because they, 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 they can't see it? They cannot believe for it. That's where you've got to grow. And so more than we dare, infinite and beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to the power that works in us. Now let's do 21. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus be the glory throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, one of our core beliefs is that our children are our legacy. Just want to throw that in. Our children are our legacy. If we don't reach our kids, it stops. It stops. It ends. And I made a statement last Sunday. Not only do we want a legacy, we want a dynasty. From generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. And you know, I, I made a statement too that my grandparents didn't leave me an inheritance, but yes, they did, a spiritual inheritance. Ma'am, I, I, I had one grandmother I saw once a year if everything was going good because they lived in Kansas and I lived in Louisiana. But she wrote me letters about Jesus. 
She sent me a metal cross to put in my pocket to remind me about Jesus. You know, and I talked about my, one of my great-grandmothers. I even knew a great-great-grandmother. <laughs> she was 99. She was five years old. She was Indian, and when Custer was killed, she was five years old when Custer was killed. We're going back. You that old, Pastor? Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> Think about it. It's not that far removed. And guess what? It's going faster and faster and faster. That's why we got to reach, reach, reach. Time's running out. Jesus is coming back. If he doesn't, you're going to die. So what's your legacy? Just saying. Just saying. I told you it wasn't going to be candy-coated popcorn, did I? I'm sorry. So number one, let's dig. You know, we want to dig in. Look what it says. The Word tells us his purpose, his plans, and his will. And I'm kind of going at, at us today because the Word of God uh, gives us all of this. The Word of God is our banner. It's our standard. You know, the, one of the names of God is Jehovah Nissi, God our banner. But you know, how many of you know uh, that different uh, groups have a crest of who they are and what they believe? And uh, what we've got is we've got to have as a standard. A standard is a set rule of law or what, uh, what you want to obtain, what you believe for. Our standard is the God's Word. And that's what we have got to stand on is the Word of God, not your opinion, not your circumstances. Circumstances will not line up with the Word. But you have to take authority over circumstances and cause them to line up with the Word. And you've got to start somewhere. You just can't go, oh, well, it must be God's will. Eh, wrong answer. We have to enforce the will of God. We have to find out what the Word says. And let's look at the Word and see, see there's darkness in the world. I already made mention of that. But, and, and the darkness does not overpower light. The darkness is in the world because of lack of light. If I cut all the lights off, the room goes dark. If I turn all the lights on, there's no battle at all. Boom. Light, darkness is gone. Light is. The Word of God. God is our light. The Word is our light. We need more Word. We need more God. We need more light. Because of darkness, evil will have its way. As they say, run amok. Just goes here and there because nobody shares any light. Nobody sheds any light. Uh, don't do that. We cannot live out of our experience, but see, our experience is our testimony. Hey, I've done that. That's the hard way. I've told the story of my wife and her brother got me to play the game of life. I never played the game of life. You know, you spin this dial and you play this game. Come on, let's play this game. And so, you know, I, I hit it and I could have took the shortcut. And I go, well, I'm going to take the shortcut. And her brother goes, yeah, take the shortcut. Well, you take the shortcut, you're going to lose. I was the first one to finish, but I lost. You can take shortcuts in life and lose. There is no shortcuts in God, but God's your helper. His grace and mercy will move you when you're in Him. Well, I ain't got to pray. I'm just going to go do it. Eh, wrong answer. No shortcuts. 
We have got to live by the word. You know, we've got to have a standard and no compromise. Sin wants you to compromise. Sin wants you to compromise. What do you believe? You know, I'm going to say it hard. It's hard to say, so let, let me say this. Just like people let circumstance rule if, if they're in the will of God or not, how about they let their past circumstances judge and teach people? Well, you know what, Miss Becky, I was on drugs just like you. And you know what? I made it out. You just keep doing drugs, and you'll make it out one day. Isn't that crazy? Well, you're already living with that man. You might as well, you know, just stay there till, you know, till it changes. You know, people give advice like that. Experience that they've, well, I came through. But that's not the best way. And so I want to talk about the best way. And our standard is always God's way, which is the best way. And people say, well, y'all a bunch of fuddy-duds, y'all Christians. Don't they? The world says we're prejudiced, we're this and that. Listen, I love every per everybody. No prejudice. Right. Wrong. The word. The world. Man, I, I love every homosexual. I love drug addicts. I talk to them. I've helped them. I've alcoholics, I've helped them. But there's right and there's wrong. There's God's way and there's the world's way. And God wants to give you peace. Alcohol won't give you peace. And drugs won't give you peace. Oh, they'll put you out of your mind for a little while. But guess what? When you come back to, you still got your problems and God will help you walk, work through your problems and overcome them. That's what our standard is, is God and His Word. Are you with me? That's awesome, isn't it? God works. His way is the best. That's our standard. That's what we're trying uh, uh, to talk about today. And I want to look at it. We need to submit to His purpose. Remember, to carry out a, uh, now uh, to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we dare to ask, we got to get in his purpose, his plans, and pursue those. What is the will of God for you? The Word of God is the will of God. I don't care where you work. But that's what people say. Can you tell me the will of God? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be doing the Word. Amen. And when you do the Word, it doesn't matter where you work. You're going to flourish. Amen. Well, I'm mad they got a raise and I didn't. Do the Word. Do the Word. Ask the Holy Spirit to cause you to shine. And then everybody be mad at you because you got a raise. Because they're in the flesh. Do the Word. This is the mystery. This is the key to the good news. The gospel is good news. The good news is you can be a doer of the Word and you can be blessed. And you can be an overcomer. And you don't have to do it the world's way. You can walk away when they steal from you and cheat from you because God is your source. It doesn't matter. The world is after you. And they want you to do it their way. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Come on, I'm going to go rob a store. Let's go with me. We'll have some quick money. That's the world. That's why we have policemen. Just let it sit there a minute, huh? 
We have to follow his plan, submit to his will. But you know what happens? We want to do our will. We want to do our will our way. But let's do it God's way. Let's find out what, what God wants to do and how he wants to do it. Not what I want to do, not what you want to do, but what does he want to do? The frustration comes when you're doing what you want to do and it don't happen. But when you do it his way, it doesn't matter. It's on him. It's his will, his bill. If it's his plan, it comes to pass. And we can go, and if I go, it doesn't look like it's coming to pass. Glory to God. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Do you value the word of God? Let me just back up. Is it important to you? Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why do your mind need to be renewed? Because grandma, my grandma's told me some stuff that wasn't true, wasn't in the Word. I love them. My mama doesn't live by the Word. I still love her, and I try to show them, but you know what? I'm obtaining to live more and more by the Word. So my mind needs to be transformed because my, my mind, remember, we've taught that the mind is the battleground. You can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. There's thoughts that places that God wants to take you that's never even entered into your mind because you won't even talk about it. You won't even think about it. You won't, have you, can you see yourself doing something? Now, let me go back. Let me go, let's always use a sports analogy because it's easy. We used to shoot free throws. We shot free throws, shot free throws, shot free throws. And we were to see ourselves making that free throw. And we used to, and you know, this is the way boys do it. Ooh, three seconds left, one point down. I got to make this to win. Oh, I'm putting pressure on myself because when I get there, I got to make it. I'm going through the scenario in my mind. I'm saying it with my mouth. That's what God said to do. And God said to win. And I go, boom, made it. Tied up. I got to make another one now. Oh, it's not over yet. Do you see, can you see yourself praying for sick? Can you see yourself leading somebody to Jesus? Huh? Well, I don't know enough of the Bible. That's your mind. It's not God. Renew your mind. Yes, I can. If you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, you can get the world saved. Well, I don't know what I'd say. John 3, 16, just told you. Now you're making it too easy, Pastor. That's just too easy. I can't do it. I can't. My mama said, can't never could do anything. Because I used to tell her, I can't tie my shoes. I remember five years old, I'm trying to fumble around, make the bow and circle it and pull it through and all that. I can't do this. She goes, can't never could do anything. Stay at it. And you know what? The first person you witness to may not get saved. But that shouldn't stop you. There's no quit in us. There's no quit in God. It's God's will that all be saved. All you got to do is plant some seed. Okay. Let's finish that scripture. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. 
There's three different wills of God. Three. What is that about? Shouldn't God have just his will? His will has to change because of us. Because our mind's not renewed. We don't step into the perfect will of God because we can't, I can't see myself. I don't feel nothing there. I, can, I ain't taking that step because I don't feel anything. It's not about feelings. It's about trusting. I don't feel anything over here either. I can't take that step. It's about trusting. Let me see where I got it. Here, here's the good will of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You ever heard that preached? You sinner. But the perfect will of God is thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Judgment's not the perfect will of God. He'll do everything he can before he sends somebody to hell. He'll have you go talk to him if you're open to it. And even if, I, even if he didn't tell me, I'd go anyway. Because it's the Word of God. Sure, I want to have that witness that the Holy Spirit's talking to me. But I have been to many a deathbed that said, listen, I'm here on a mission. And it's a personal mission, but it's the Word of God. Are you right with God? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Huh? I, I mean, I, I, go to, I go to the house, I go to the hospital, I go wherever they're at. Let's talk. But actually, I'm being led by God because He put it on my heart. But I didn't have this overwhelming, I'm, I'm going to talk to them. I'm not a robot, and neither are you. It's the love of God that, 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 that pushes us and calls us to do what we do. It's the love of God. And so, so we want to be, you know, and, and here we go, here we go. Well, I, I can't be perfect, Brother Brad. This is just stuff's too hard. No, you, you not, it's not called about being perfect. It's called about pleasing God. When you miss it, you repent. That pleases God. We want to please God. We want to be in His perfect will. And to be in His perfect will is when you miss it, you repent. It's called grace. But for grace, right? The grace is the power to overcome. The grace is not just there so you can do what you want to do and then ask God for forgiveness. You can, the Bible even says we can frustrate the grace of God. What? Add stuff to it. Well, you know, you, you can't get saved unless you get in this spot right here and stand on one leg and wave your left arm. We're adding stuff to it. That's frustrating the grace of God. See what I'm saying? That's something silly, and, and, but, I'm, but people do other things. We don't want to frustrate God. Let's go to number two. Well, before we go to number two, I, I, I got stopped here, so let me, let me say something. God's grace is sufficient. Paul said grace 
you know, Paul went through some stuff. Circumstances, if you look at the circumstances he went through, well, he wasn't even saved. But that's not true. Circumstances don't rule you. The Word of God does. And God wants to make all grace abound towards us, always having all sufficiency to do every good work. Um, I'm trying to figure out where to put this. It's not God, it's us trying to help you. But God's got you back. Isaiah 40, before we go to number two, go put up Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 right quick. In case you don't know, this is my wife, Lisa. I love my wife, she loves me, and we got, we're, we're in a pretty good relationship. But if I go, hey, mama, what's up? <laughs> Y'all see me getting in a little trouble? See a little frustration coming here? Frustrating the grace of God? Frustrating her? Frustrating him? But worse, frustrating this one over here? Huh? But yet we play. We play. And it ought not be so. And we wonder why, we wonder why, we wonder why. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him just to carry out uh, his purpose and do super abundantly more than we think or ask through the power that works in us, I'm hindering the power of God now. I'm hindering the power of God in my life. But nobody knows, you know, I'm, I'm good. No, power of God's on a... That's right. The Holy Spirit's, he's, he's frustrated, he's upset with me. Like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. I've seen preachers do that. Leave me alone. It's the Holy Spirit. That's crazy, isn't it? Men miss it, even preachers. But my point is, we don't want to miss it. Isaiah said, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. <laughs> His understanding is unsearchable. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak. I can't do this. Yes, you can. Because God will give you power. For those who, who have no might, he increases strength. Oh, he's our power. He's our power source. So what I've got to do is quit all the junk and start asking God for more power in my life to overcome. And he said, I'll do it. He said, I'll partner with you. It's a partnership. It's our partnership with him. Let's keep reading. Verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. But here's the key. Wait don't mean sit on the couch and watch the football game. Wait don't mean sit on the couch and watch Gunsmoke. I know I'm dating myself because I don't know any new shows. And so we can't just, that's not waiting. It, when you go to a restaurant, who takes care of you? The waiter or the waitress. They wait upon you. Wait upon the Lord means worship Him, honor Him, seek His Word, trust in Him, 
Uh, seek him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, with everything that's within you. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. Because everybody that's sitting on the couch with no job, they'd have the strength of God, wouldn't they? Just waiting on the Lord. I believe that check's coming in the mail. Ah. I'm going to wait on the Lord and play the lottery ticket. Believe him and help me to win. Ah. No. It's waiting. It's doing his way, doing what he wants you to do. Now let's go to number two. I had to get that out. Sorry about that. But let's just go on. Somebody need to hear it. The word tells us to pursue his plans, not our own worldly desires. Have you ever been frustrated because something didn't happen the way you wanted it to happen? Because it was you. You see it in church. You see it at work. You see it all over. Well, they don't let me do what I want to do. They don't. I, I, they bypass me. They bypass me at work. Oh, they bypass. I, 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 I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I'm mad. Well, you're not in Christ. You got buttons. And they're pushing them. I've worked with people that want to push buttons on purpose. They push your button just to see what you, that's how you're going to respond. And then if they got, man, if they got under your skin, they, it's on now. It's on. I, I told you about the boss I had. He, he went after Christians to make them cuss. And then he'd laugh at them, thought you was a Christian. Make them so mad. Because he had authority. And he abused his authority. So underneath, on your sheet, if you'll look, your desires will turn on you. Your desires. In James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. We're to be frustrated and angry when God's will is not being done in the earth. Not about us. About him. Our purpose is to push his will, his desires in the earth to see the kingdom come, his will be done. Guess what? Politics ain't going to make it happen. You're frustrated about politics. That's, that's you. You need to be praying. We need to be calling and we need to be voting. Take your Bible with you. But we need to be praying every day. We need to pray. I don't care who's in power. I prayed for Obama and I pray for Trump. I pray for our Congress to make righteous decisions, our Senate to make right, righteous decisions, that righteousness would prevail in this country. That's our part to intercede. That's our part. And, and, and we, we have to pursue God's plan, not our desires. Well, I, I hope they increase Medicare. No, let's believe God to increase you. Huh? That, that's the place we've got to get to. We've got to get to where God is our source and our strength. And, and then look at B. He gives desires, plans, and pursuit. And, and Cody stirred me up with this one uh, the other day. In Psalms 34, 7, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And everybody wants to go, well, let me have, I got desires. I want a BMW. I got desires. I want a helicopter. I, I got desires. I want this. No. No, he gives you desires. It's his desires that he wants to see come to pass in your life. Whoop-de-doo if you got a BMW. Glory to God if you do, but you want to see his desires come to pass in your life. That you live a long life. That you declare his word. That you stand in the gap. That you be a watchman on the wall. You declaring the kingdom of God to come to Washington, D.C. in the name of Jesus. 
You declare it come to Whitfield in the name of Jesus. You drive around all around your house in your neighborhood, the kingdom of God. We've got an open heaven around my house. There's an open heaven around your house. And that's where we want to see his will be done and his desires. Let him give you some desires. You know what he said? If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things that he named like clothes and food and houses and all that stuff comes because you put the kingdom first. Well, I wish I had a big house. Well, let's put the kingdom first. I've had people say, I mean, God just kept elevating me and elevating me, but I was chasing him. And I had this lady come up and tell me, he said, well, you've never been poor. You don't know. I said, what? You don't know what it's like to be poor. And you preaching all that? I said, are you kidding me? I've been poor. I was poor as a kid and didn't know it. We, you know, hey, we had fun. You know, we had bumblebees on a string and, you know, everything else. We, we was crazy. crazy. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but hey, I went fishing every day in the second grade. Every day. I love to fish. But that has, you know, it's kingdom stuff. And she looked at the way I was dressed and said, well, you dress now. You've never been poor. And I don't want to get into all that. I ate 29-cent box of macaroni and cheese every day because that's all we could afford. I cried because I fed Brittany stale crackers. This has got to change. God, you got to help me. And he took me on a journey through the Word. And I'm like, well, that works for some people, but it won't work for me. That was my mind needing renewing. It don't work. It won't work for me because I couldn't see it. I've never had it. I didn't, I've never seen anybody in my family work the Word like that. But it's the will of God. And I found out it was for me. And I started the process. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow God. And then God started helping. Called Grace. We were in the money, and my wife's in the last year of college, and I'm putting her through college on $8 an hour. Hey, hey, this is way back, though, way back when $8 an hour was something, $10 an hour. But we get a phone call, and we're like, I don't know how you're going to make it through this senior year. What are we going to do? And the lady says, hey, Lisa, we, we got a, a scholarship that, that we, we give out, and we haven't given it out. In three years, if you'll fill out the paperwork, we'll give you this scholarship. Thank you, Jesus. It paid for gas for half the year. It was money left over. It was God. So well, you start working the Word, and the work, Word starts working for you. The Holy Spirit has something to work with. The Holy Spirit always trying to help us, but we don't want to hear Him. We can't hear Him because we're too consumed with us. Trying to help you. He said, he said, he likes that phrase. I'm trying to help you. And I'm trying to help you because this is awesome. This is God we serve. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. And he wants to be mighty on our behalf. He does. He does. It's God desires for you to be blessed more than you do. Okay. There it is, isn't it? See, this should be the desires of our heart. Mark 10, 44. And this is the key. And whosoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. Be a servant of all. I don't like you, but I'm supposed to serve you? Yes. 
That's the heart check. The heart check. Are you in it for you? Are you in it for the kingdom? This is the heart check. How do you know if it's you or for the kingdom? How do you know if you just want to be blessed or you're doing it for the kingdom? Because you're a servant to everybody. You love everybody. God is love and God commands us to love. Beloved, let us love one another. If you love somebody, you're going to serve them. What can I do for you? I'm looking. How can I bless them? How can I help them? That's the heart check. Are you serving? Are you serving God? Not me. Don't serve Legacy Church. Serve, yeah, serve Legacy Church the people. We give to to our church so we can expand and reach more people. You know, we, we put out a building project because we have kids and Hopefully, we'll have a picture up about kids' turn and stuff. But if you saw it on Facebook, the altar was full of kids. We want kids in the altar seeking God for their life. And we need more rooms and we need more, more, more you know. And, and I don't want to do a building project. My flesh don't. But you know what? The Christians didn't want to leave Jerusalem either till they had to. And sometimes God will make it where you have to. You have to. And then you know what? He turns you have to that you get to. And then he turns you get to that you want to. And he'll turn all that. But there's a have to sometimes. Sometimes you have to change and you don't want to. For you to go to the next level, you're going to have to change. I'm just putting some stuff out here. You want to change? You want to go to the next level? You got to change. I don't want to change. I like laying on the couch all Saturday. You got to change to go to the next level in God. I told you it's not candy-coated popcorn this morning, peanuts and a prize. The prize is the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit's going to back it. So let's, let's keep going. Can you serve without getting recognition? Can you do it in secret? <clears throat> That's what the last of the, the foundation scripture, to God be the glory. It's about him and not about you. Can you serve without recognition? Do you know Jesus did things all the time that's not written in the book? When Judas went to betray him, what did the disciples think? Anybody remember? Remember? He must be going to give an offering to somebody. Because Jesus sent, go give them that. Go give them this. Go give them that. And they go, well, Judas wouldn't be betraying him. He must be going to give an offering to somebody. But it doesn't say all that in the Bible, that Jesus gave an offering here and he gave an offering there. How about the four women that supplied money to Jesus? It only mentions them one time. They supported his ministry. You know, I always talk about Ananias. You never hear much about him for, but he's the one who laid hands on Paul, and Paul got, filled, got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the only time you ever hear about him, but that's pretty cool. But he must have been a, a, a pretty mighty man of God. But even he argued, you don't know his soul. What do you mean? Go down and pray for Saul. He's killing Christians. You, you need me down there to get put in jail? Is this you, Holy Spirit? Is this really you? I need a sign. Isn't that how we do? Oh, Lord, is that you? Oh, Lord, that's not you. 
But, but, but see, there are things that were done that nobody ever knows. Matter of fact, somebody said they went to heaven and they saw somebody dressed in jewels and all fine garments for everything they had done and they'd never heard of them. Ah. So when you want to be seen and heard, it's your flesh. Serve God. Yeah, there are times when God will have you testify or God will stir somebody to testify or stir you to testify what somebody did for you. I'm not knocking that, but listen, we're not, we're not doing this. Because if I do it, if I do it for recognition, all I'm getting is an attaboy. That's right. I don't want an attaboy. I want to enter in and, and the Lord say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because I don't want the attaboy. I can do that myself. And people do do that. We want God to push. We do it for kingdom purposes. We do it for God. We serve. We serve people because it's God. That's the heart check, right? The kingdom of God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Number three. Who the word tells us that his power is at work in us, enabling us to do his will. The power of God will back you to do the will of God. The power of God is at work enabling us to do the will of God. In 1 John 4, 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in the world. Now, if you really look at that, as Jesus is, Jesus was perfect. Well, I'm not perfect. But because we started off with communion, his body was broken and his blood was shed, you are accounted as perfect. When you stay in repentance, when you find you missed it, and you know what? You need to ask the Holy Spirit, where have I missed it? Help me. Let me change that. Let me change. Let me change. Let me change. And God will account unto you perfection, and you can come in boldly. Most of us want to go to God like, oh, Lord, you know. But once you've been clean, you can come in boldly. He wants you. You're in the family. I want to look at Ephesians 4, 29 through 31, but I'm going to back up. Let's read 429 through 31 just for a second. Let's, let's read that first. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Uh, read verse, put verse 30 up on the screen for us. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about it. Me doing what I said, I'm married to this woman. And when I go, hey, mama, what's up? I'm grieving the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about that. But let's just talk about some simpler things. I, I, you know, this is like a wash day. So, you know, that was one, one, one of my great-grandmother's saying was, there's a wash day coming. 
Jesus coming back, he's going to make the earth like he, like he wants it to be. It's a wash day coming. And, 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 and so let's, I want to start at verse 17 and just back up. Uh, I'm sorry, in verse 24, it says, put on the new man. You're a Christian. Put on the new man. Walk in the new man. In verse 25, it says, put away lying. Quit lying. What, it's just a little white lie? I really don't. No, it's not. Lying is lying is lying. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. We had 700 kids in the altar Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's lying. Preachers lie. I went to a preacher's conference, and the preacher got, and the man got up and preached about lying. I'm looking around and said, don't he know his audience? Anybody can lie. That was Keith Moore. He'll part your hair. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one another. Don't lie. Verse 26, quit being mad about everything. Be angry and sin not. There are things to be mad. When the kingdom is not, when the earth's not lining up with the kingdom of God, you know what? You can get angry about it, but you don't sin. Because all y'all over here, you ain't lining up. You're going to hell. Ha ah, ha. I'm mad at y'all. That ain't your place. That ain't my place to do that. <laughs> you see all the protests on TV? Is anybody getting saved? Is anybody changing? No, they're just fist fighting. I used to come in at work, and they'd be arguing the Bible. And I said, man, y'all arguing the Bible in front of these customers? How many got saved today while y'all was arguing all this? Nobody. I'm not going to argue the Word. What do you think? I don't know. What I think don't matter. It's what the Bible says. Because your opinion is, and a fifty will get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's. It used to be 25 cents back when I was a kid. But hear me, it's not our opinions that matter. It's what does the Word say. And I know people can mix their opinion with the Word, and I can take it and tear you up or build you up, but you got to be led by the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit be your teacher. The Word backs itself up by two or three witnesses or even more. What are you trying to say? Well, this old guy did it like this. He goes, Lord, just speak to me right now. And he's thumbing through his Bible like this, and he goes, and Judas went out and hanged himself. He goes, that ain't God. You don't chase what God says. You go and study it and pull it out and dig in it. And, and you know what? It becomes a joy. So be angry and sin not. Let's look at verse 27. No, no place for the devil. No place for the devil. You're grieving over the Spirit when you give place to the devil. 28, no steal. Work. Why you got to say that? Because people steal. Well, it's not really stealing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I just borrowed this pen. And uh, no, it's talking about character. Character. And then it goes on to read, to read what we just read uh, about putting God first. We have been empowered. We have been empowered to please God and do His will. But that will hinder the power, will it not? Come on, come on. Now let's let's finish with 2 Peter 1 and 2. 2 Peter 1 and 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge. Renew your mind. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
Verse 3, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. My goodness, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge, there back to knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue. And verse 4, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world. This lays it out. And I always say, five words in the sentence. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? That's my saying, because I always ask myself, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? We are a Word church, a Word-based church. We live by the Word. And guess what? I'm going to die in the Word. Because one day, if Jesus doesn't come, I'm going to die. You know, and I believe in live a long life. And it's like Keith Moore said, too. If you live a long life, you're going to a lot of funerals. Just the way it is. Because guess what? One, two. Somebody died and somebody was born. One, two. Somebody's died, somebody's born. One, two. That's how the exchange is working. So hear me. Hear me. What does the Word say? If you, what are you believing for? Well, I'm just waiting on God to do it. Eh, wrong answer. What promise are you standing on? What is the promise that you're standing on? If you don't have a promise, you're just wishing and hoping and floating. You're not paddling. Anybody ever been canoeing other than me? If you don't paddle, that canoe goes round and round. I've been round and round downstream. And it's not fun going backwards through the rapids and going over the waterfall backwards. Or sideways, is it why? She went sideways over a four-foot waterfall and didn't dump. It was a miracle. Everybody was like, they was going to cheer and see the big crash, and they didn't crash. They went, how'd they do that? But if you're not paddling, if you're not standing on the Word, how are you going to overcome? What's your testimony? Our testimonies, we overcome by the the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of your testimony ought not be how bad it is, how horrible it is. You do like God and you declare what the promise says. Well, I'm, sickness is coming on me, so I come against it. I'm going to take Galatians 3.13 today. And Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, but sickness is a curse. That's my promise. There's other promises for healing. How about sin? Lord, I missed it. But your word says, if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from unrighteousness. Guess what? The hard part comes now is I got to forgive myself. Holy Spirit, I repent to you. Jesus, I repent to you. And Father, I, I, I repent to you. I missed it. Wash me. Now I can stand in forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then when your mind goes, well, you still stupid, you missed it. No, I'm, I'm washed in the blood. I'm washed in the blood. I've asked already. I've asked already. I've asked. Get off me. Get out of my mind. This is the keys to live. We live by the Word. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? Then find out. If you don't know, Google it. That's what Google's for. It ain't to find a recipe to your favorite steak. Google's the, the Word of God and Google the Word. What promises are there for peace? 
that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, belongs to you. <laughs> and I made that statement. Sometimes you got to give up understanding to get peace. How's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Forget it. How's it going to happen? Get God's peace. The Bible says that our job is to labor, not to make money, not to be healed, but to labor to enter into the rest of God. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Labor to rest. Once you get into God and you've worked and you've found the Word and what it says, this is mine. I don't care if I don't have the money. I don't care what bill needs to be paid. I don't care what sickness I feel in my body. I don't care this. I'm going to rest in God, and I'm going to trust Him to take care of it. My kids are going to get right. My, my wife's going to get right. My mama's going to get right. My brother's going to get right. My sister's going to get right. Their righteousness will prevail in their life. I'm just going to rest in you, God. Well, you know what your brother did? I don't care. I don't care. I'm standing on the Word. I'm standing in what the Word says. He's saved in the name of Jesus. He's healed in the name of Jesus. I got to keep myself as best I know. And you know, God's got grace. Because I'm not perfect. And I do stupid stuff. I'm not because I'm a pastor, I got some kind of special privilege. I'm a Christian first. I have to be a Christian first. And I want to be the best Christian, and God's grace will help me. And even when I miss it, He helps me. And you know what? He will see the prayers that I pray that come to pass. So, what are you praying? Are you even praying? Jesus, take the wheel. What's that? Ain't no scripture to back that. You know what I'm saying? Get, grow up. My grandsons, they're getting articulate. Is there water under that bridge behind your house? And Judah goes, yes, there is water underneath that bridge behind the house. He uses all his words to answer you. Use all of this word to answer circumstances. The more promises you know, the more confidence you have or more faith. Faith. So the takeaway today is get yourself out of the way. Let God have His way in your life. Not your ideals, not your plans, not your pursuits, but let's start asking Him, what's your plan? What's your plan? See, as a church, we want to reach everybody. Everybody, from in-arm babies to older people and everybody in between. Everybody. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today that you just stir us up, Lord God. Oh, to put you first. We cast our cares over on you worries and fears and Father we ask you for peace today will you give your heart to Jesus today today's the day of salvation 
Do you feel him drawing you? You know, come closer. Have you accepted him? Have you made him Lord? If the Holy Spirit's talking to you today about making him Lord, will you raise your hand? Be a believer. I trust everybody's a believer. So say this after me. Say, today I set myself to receive the Word of God to be my guide in this life, to be an overcomer. I put your Word first, Lord, and I will adhere to it and believe with all my heart in you and your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.